Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. Thank you for listening to the show. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to Rob's Reliability Project on your favorite podcast platform, as well as share it with your colleagues. If you're looking for more content, check out or follow Rob's Reliability Project on LinkedIn and Facebook for some different types of content and check out robsreliability.com as well. If you're looking for a short daily audio tip, subscribe to Rob's Reliability Tip of the Day on your favorite podcast platform. As well, it's also available on Amazon Alexa as a flash briefing. So check that out. Finally, if there are any topics, guests you'd like to hear from, questions you want answered, or if you'd like to appear on the podcast, just send me an email to robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's get rolling. Hey guys, I'm here with Paul Crocker. Paul, how's it going? Good. Good. So Paul, you're a really well-respected reliability in the game. Uh, you've been working in drinking water for a long time. Do you want to give us a little background about yourself? Yeah, I'm a maintenance supervisor with the Kansas City Board of Public Utilities. I've been uh, working there, I think this is my 25th year at BPU. And for about the last 12 or so, I've been in the water treatment plant. I started out as a water uh, operator is a utility operator. That's what I wanted to do because I'd gotten interested in uh, water doing a project in Argentina. And then uh, that was why I was working at the power plants. And then uh, kind of found out some stuff, I attended some training at uh, cost for the Center for uh, Center for Affordable Water and Water Sanitation and Hygiene, something like that. I forget exactly what the acronym stands for, but it's out of uh, Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada. I went there for a week's uh, training and learned how to build a uh, bio sand filter. And then uh, it kind of got me really, really interested in water. And, uh, and it was like, well, I'm already working in a utility with a water treatment plant and see what's, you know, similar to this. So it turns out the technology's similar in its filtering ability, to, but totally different uh, end goals of bio sand filters made for a single point of use, really third world type of countries that have no infrastructure. So you're not concerned really with turbidity or some things that you would be in a, a municipal type of drinking water plant. Really the goal with the you know, bio sand filter was to get rid of the microbes and worms or whatever that's uh, causing people to get sick in combination with some hygiene and sanitation uh, training. And, and when all three of those things work good together, they work to get, you know, people healthier anyway. So that was kind of the thing that got me started in uh, interest about water and I've uh, loved it ever since. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really cool story. Yep. So I, I wanted to have you on because, so I, I was at the reliability conference and I was there for the, you know, for a keynote, which uh, George Williams and Joe Anderson presented, which it was called, it's not you, but it's you. And they really wanted to pay respect to you for 
being a reliability leader, being somebody who doesn't take the negativity, doesn't allow the kind of the grind of the job get to you. And I kind of wanted to dive into your mindset a little bit. So like, how do you get up every morning and really find that passion to keep driving forward? Oh boy. It's a, maybe a long, (laughs) a long, long answer to that one. Uh, I don't know. I, I like what I do. And I think that helps out a lot. Um, I have a lot of latitude in my job too. So I'm not stuck doing one, one particular thing, uh, eight hours a day, every day. Um, and, you know, and kind of, I'm a bit of a kind of jack of all trades at the point. I mean, my job title is maintenance supervisor, but really I understand operations because I have a, uh, a class four water operator license. And so I, I, I started my journey at that point, learning how to operate the plant. And now on maintenance, you know, I understand what it takes to keep it, keep it going. You know, and I've got, uh, I've got some great leadership. Our division manager kind of started, uh, me on a kind of asset management type journey, uh, back when I first started, started the job. And part of that was to go to a, a thing that KDHE was hosting called N AM Can Work. It was Asset Management Can Work and uh, the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, which um, does the primacy for the EPA in Kansas for drinking water standards, uh, had reached out to the Environmental uh, Finance Center of University of New Mexico and had them develop an asset management plan really that was geared more towards small and medium water and wastewater plants because they, when they give out money through a state revolving loan fund, they want to know that the utilities are doing the right things with their assets. And, uh, so they, I think it was a week long training, just really basic stuff, uh, with asset management, but it got me really interested in it. And the division manager gave me, you know, kind of, uh, approval to, you know, take it as far as I want to take it. And I've kind of been doing it ever since. Um, I've, like I say, I've got a lot of latitude with what I do. So it's not just making sure my staff is uh, repairing equipment, but I also have the ability to look at, you know, how can we make, how, how can we enable that inherent reliability on things that we're already maintaining well? You know, if we find something that's not working well, how can we improve uh, its operation or, or, or you know, maybe redesign something with it. Uh, and then I can, you know, stay, I'm able to stay active in the uh, asset management, maintenance and reliability com- communities, you know, primarily through uh, the reliability conference, international maintenance conference, Maximo world, um, SMRP. Uh, and, and even went so far as to uh, get involved to create a local chapter of SMRP uh, here in Kansas City, we just call it as KCSMRP, uh, and uh, we've just uh, actually filed the documents with the IRS to get our 503c6. So once we get that, we'll be 100% uh, uh, done with uh, you know kind of the official document sort of stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 like I say, it's you know I could probably go on uh, for a long time about stuff that 
uh, it, it's just, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially I think in a municipal world, you know, they, uh, just come in, check in, do their work and check out. And I find myself there usually, uh, hour ahead of, uh, my staff every day and out, you know, half hour to an hour late, uh, coming in to do tours. If, if a group wants to do a tour of the plant or something, uh, I, you know, I just enjoy my job, and I think that's that's key uh, for anybody that really likes, you know, kind of the maintenance, asset management, reliability sort of fields. You, you know, if you like your, if you like what you do, you'll you'll stay at it, and that's really what keeps me at. I just I like what I do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's well, that's a great life advice either way, but that's one thing is is with dealing with culture change, dealing with asset management, it, it takes a long time for stuff to start working. And like, I, like we obviously lo- love to talk about quick wins, but at the end of the day, we're talking, you know, 10, 10 years. And even if you get there, right. Right. Oh yeah. And it's a, it's a long, it, you have to be in it for the long haul. If you, if you go in there and say, Hey, I'm going to go uh, make these changes uh, next week and everybody's just going to do it because I say so, then you're going to find yourself with a nice failure, uh, on your hands. But, you know, sustainable change takes a long time. It takes a long time to get people's mindsets to change, uh, and understand, you know, what's in it for me. Why am I making this change? How will it make my job better? Uh, usually they see change and it's like, eh, my job is good enough as it is. That change kind of scares me. I might have to put more into what I'm doing or, you know, and you got to kind of under- overcome those, uh, hesitancies and, and people for learning new things. And, you know, especially if in, in a municipal, municipal utility, when, if you're in a municipal utility, like I am, and there, you know, it's a monopoly for the area that they serve. So for us, it's power and water. And we've been producing uh, the drinking water and electric power in Kansas city, Kansas for well over a hundred years. And so you get to something new that you want to do, say like, uh, hey, I want to do lubrication practices better on our equipment. And you say, well, the lubricant's going to be a little more expensive. We're going to have to buy some equipment that we've never had before. We're going to have to do some things we've never done before. There's like, why? We've never done it that way. You know, it's kind of the standard. We've never done it that way before. And it's like, well, you know, um, I guess we could stay the way that we're doing, but you know, our ratepayers only have so much money at the end of the day. And if we're not doing the right things with that money, you know, it's, you know, they could easily petition the city or whoever and say, Hey, we, we, you know, we want an outside private uh, utility, you know, providing our power or water. And, you know, if enough people complained, you know, then you find yourself looking for new work. So, um, limited resources and, uh, wanting to do a better job. Hopefully you can get, you know, people to buy into those sorts of things. Uh, you know, let's, let's do a better practice with our lubrication and maybe we won't have to, uh, pour it down the drain. And if we buy a better lubricant, we'll get longer run life out of, if we get filter carts, maybe we can keep the particle contamination down. If we do, uh, oil analysis, we can see, you know, what's happening inside the motor and combine that with vibration analysis to tell us, you know, what's going on with it instead of, waiting for an operator to walk by and say, Hey, the floor's shaking, uh, when that motor's running, you know, sort of thing. 
uh, so you get a <laughs> see, <laughs> so you get some heads up on you know when things are failing instead of hey, uh, well we had no heads up but that motor just broke you know so yeah it's it's definitely a tough sell I I mean I guess let's let's step through it so wh- when you're trying to make the change kind of where do you start uh, I look for what can I do right now. Uh, is it something, you know, I just look for what I can do right now and I try and accomplish as much of what I can do right now and what I can't, uh, get to now, you know, I look for an opportunity the next day to do it. And I just keep looking for those opportunities to do things. Sometimes I, uh, sometimes it's a long wait, uh, to do stuff. You know, when I, uh, like I keep using this example for lubrication cause that's really the one I've taken the furthest. Uh, it, it really started with, uh, our plant director saying, you know, Paul, there's no mandate from KDHE to use food grade lubricant in our, in our, uh, in our equipment that sits above, above water that we're going to be, you know, processing and sending out to the community. But, you know, they always ask, are we using it? And they make suggestions to use it. So why don't you find a, find some stuff that'll work. And so it kind of started me on my journey. We lost Paul, but we were lucky enough to get him back on. Here's the continuation of the interview. So last time you we talked about um, an asset management policy, and you mentioned that you created one for your organization. And so I wanted to have you on really to, to dig more into that. So what was the goal of creating an asset management policy for your company? Boy, it might take a while to, to dig into that one uh, because I, I, I've seen my company's mission, vision, and values, and, and, the, and the mission is really to focus on the needs of our customers to improve the quality of life in our community while promoting safe, reliable, and sustainable utilities. And for the utility I work for and the community I work for, that's a pretty a pretty good mission statement. And I, and I got the more I thought about it, it was like, you know, if everybody at this utility did their job and their job was aligned towards that mission statement and we communicated across the silos and we we worked together on things, how much better would we be? And I'm thinking a lot. I'm thinking a lot better. And And maybe that's a bit ambitious, but you know, uh, shoot for the stars kind of thing. Uh, and, and I was just like, well, that, that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. I want to make, at the end of the day, I want to make a difference. At the end of the day, I want to make my utility the best place, uh, it can be to work at both for the employees and for the customers. And I think my long-term goal with that is to, you know, again, this may be a bit ambitious, but I think if, if done right, if as holistic asset management done right, then we could actually lower the rates for power and water to the community. That would be awesome. And so just for people listening, um, when we talk about asset management, one of the key focuses of asset management is kind of aligning what we do on a daily basis with our mission or vision statement. Um, and kind of, I, I talked with George and Joe about 
this in the last podcast, um, but th- they mentioned that not a lot of upper management actually, like they talk about the mission and vision, they they have one, but they don't actually, their day-to-day actions don't actually follow that. Now, with this asset management policy, have you seen a switch in your upper management in their behavior and they're kind of more in line with the mission statement? Uh, not yet, because um, what, what's been done with it today is, is I wrote it and I did it kind of, you know, really kind of what in my mind, I'd always wanted it. And then I think a reliability conference, uh, not last year, the year before Terrence O'Hanlon said, look, Paul, you know, enough to write a one page asset management policy for your company. He said, you know, you, I've seen your company's mission, vision, values, everything you really need is there and you kind of already know the rest. So you should just do it. And I was like, all right, well I did. And so I, I did it. I showed him what I had. He kind of helped me revise some stuff. And I reached out to another friend who does a little stuff and just to like, Hey, does this meet, you know, expectations of what asset management policy should look like? And, and it, and it does. And uh, when I sat down to write this, I had the ISO 55,000 documents in front of me. So, you know, I made kind of the, the bullet points in it line up with that and with our mission and vision and values of the company. And so to become a policy at, at the utility, it takes the elected board to sign off on it. And so I've really been working kind of behind the scenes with them to expose them, expose to them what asset management is and what reliability is. Uh, And the ones I've shown it to really like it. And I've also shown it to my boss, my division manager, uh, who has shared it with the general manager. He shared it out uh, to his, his peers at the manager level. And then he signed it as a water division um, asset uh, kind of a a working policy uh, or a a work practice document. So it's not titled a policy. We just changed really the heading of it uh, from asset management policy to water division business practice. Uh, And so it's, it's signed at that level. It's been uh, distributed to his direct reports. and it's kind of it's kind of just sitting there for now. They're not had much action taken on it uh, to date. But my my real focus at the moment is really getting the board members exposed to it. And I think getting them more exposed to it's going to get me an opportunity to get in front of them and talk to them more about asset management and reliability, uh, and and just start having a dialogue of what it is and why it's important. Uh, you know, the, the utility adopt it and then give them some examples of some other utilities uh, that I've seen that have these in place. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's something that doesn't have to be done today and it's not a sprint. This is like a long-term high endurance marathon. Like, uh, you know, it, it, this thing is, might take, might take a really long time and I'm, I'm uh willing to put in the effort to see it through, you know, even if it takes me five years to, to get it signed, I'm going to stay after it. So, I mean, that's a great attitude and that's why 
Uh, you were the the thesis of what we talked about earlier. The it's not you, but it's you. Um, but uh, who? So you, you said that everyone needs to sign it. So are we only talking about upper management in terms of reading it, or is it going to be disseminated to everyone from the you know the directors to the mechanic on the floor? Yeah, so it would have to be signed at the board level. So at the utility, we're a, a municipal utility, uh, the largest municipal utility in Kansas. And, you know, our two uh, kind of our big four divisions are electric power generation, electric power distribution, uh, drinking water production and drinking water distribution. So we we all in inside the utility answer to a general manager, and then that general manager answers to an elected board uh, from from the uh, the people that live in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, and and that elected board are the ones, the only ones that have the power to create a policy. So really, to have real real teeth and real meaning. It has to be signed at the policy level. Not that having it signed at a lower level isn't important, because that's definitely some real progress. Uh, and but uh, I want to I want to stay after it to to kind of see it through to get that full uh, the, the real thing that you know a signed policy by the elected board. And then and then from there, then it can finally start to take life. Uh, and then, and then branch out into all the other things that asset management, but it's kind of the first stepping stone, uh, if you will, one that they see the value in it, uh, see the things that it brings to the table and enough so that they want to put their name on it is, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm board member and I sign this because I agree that it's what this well, let me just read what I've got here, and then you'll see uh, you'll see what I'm saying. So basically, it says this is in its asset management policy form. And it just starts off with our mission statement: at BPR missions to focus on the needs of our customers to improve the quality of life in our community, while promoting safe, reliable, and sustainable utilities. I mean, it's already got the word "reliable" in it, and the word "safe" and "sustainable." I mean, what better words could you have in there? You know, to improve the quality of life in our community. And focus on the needs of our customers. I mean, that's a great mission statement. What, what's there's nothing bad about being, you know, saying, "Hey, I work for the board of public utilities." And I do believe in this mission statement. You know, the focus on the needs of our customers because I'm a customer, and a focus on my needs means to make sure that I've got clean, clean water when I turn on the tap. That I've got it the right, uh, the right pressure, and that it's, uh, you know, it's disinfected. And it's not going to cause disease and, and it's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And, and the quality of life is, you know, if I'm not paying a fortune for my water and utility, you know, and power and, and the other people around me aren't paying. So we can, you know, we can spend more of a hard earned money on, on our families and our lives instead of paying for the utilities. Uh, and, and we have great rates. I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't, but that's to me, that's all kind of packed in that, uh, that mission statement. And then there's the, you know, the reliable, you know, it's always there. It's always on, it's always available. It, it meets the needs, uh, and it's sustainable. So going further down there, it says the Kansas City Board, Board of Public Utilities is the largest combined municipal power and water utility in Kansas. Our most important assets are people who operate, maintain, 
our physical assets. For over 100 years, we have made and implemented decisions that have improved the quality of life in our community. For the next 100 years and beyond, we'll continue to focus on the needs of our customers, improve the quality of life in our community while promoting safe, reliable, and sustainable utilities that are rooted in holistic asset management practices. This document lists the principles and policy that we'll use to make decisions going forward. Next paragraph, this asset management policy sets principles on how we will operate the utility and provides a framework for asset management decisions that impact our current operations and our operations in the next century. We'll work together across departments to assure alignment and visibility with mission, vision, and values. This policy will serve as serve to align communication with all stakeholders, internal and external, and when and where appropriate, this policy will be reviewed periodically and updated as appropriate. And so it goes that down into the kind of the seven uh seven sentences I've got written here. The first one is asset management in the context of our mission is realized in meeting the needs of our customers is only impossible when we fully understand and act responsibly to internal and external issues that affect our ability to meet those needs with our current and future assets. Number two, we will strive to improve the quality of life in the community by giving back through volunteering, civic, financial, and philanthropic means. Three, we'll mitigate risk to the utility's assets. That means people, equipment, infrastructure, and financial as appropriate to the size and scope of our utility and community now into the future. Number four, we'll do, we will reduce safety risks to our customers, employees, and community and everyone impacted by our work in generating and distributing clean, electric, uh, or clean water and electric power. Number five, we will have sustainable and reliable assets that are paramount to the mission of our utility, and we will ensure that they're designed for reliability, maintainability, redundant where appropriate, and will be well-maintained to meet current and future demand, and that our people will understand how they enable that sustainability and reliability. Number six, we will work to ensure that our culture is positive and uh, we will ensure that our culture is positive and our workforce is well-educated to operate the utility in an efficient, safe, reliable, and effective manner that our customers deserve. Uh, lastly, we will continue to be environmental stewards by managing in an environmentally efficient, responsible manner, working to comply with all applicable local, state, and federal laws and to exceed them where appropriate. Uh, with these principles in place, it will serve as a framework to further asset management activities and improve the utility now and well into the future. And there's a place for the, the board members to sign off on it to make it a, a BPU policy. You know, and so then from there, it would just kind of be disseminated, you know, to upper level management. And I'm sure lots of training on things around asset management, what it is. Uh, yeah, but it's it's really the kind of the starting point Uh to get that whole ball rolling. Absolutely. I, I mean, Paul, like first off is thanks for sharing that with everyone. Um, definitely. So everyone listening, like asset management, it's, uh, and going forward, I'm, I'm going to try to get an expert on in ISO 55,000, but this, it sounds complicated, but I mean, you can start off with a one page document um, if you guys have any questions or you want help writing one for yourself, you can, I'll put Paul's, uh, he'll be tagged in LinkedIn and this, and you can reach out to Paul. I'm sure he'd love to help you with that, or you can reach out to me and I can help you as well. All right. Uh, yeah. So the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Paul, is, you know, 
let's say, you know, five or 10 years down the line, when you've kind of got everything rolling with this asset management policy, where do you see, like, what is your end goal with this? Like, where do you see, like, where do you see this affecting the entire operation? Um, I, I hope that it enables a more active and engaged workforce and, and a, and a pride within the workforce to, to do the best job that's possible with the time and materials, uh, in constraints that, that we're always under. Um, we have to provide our services, you know, for the, for the poorest in our community, uh, you know, and, and we really don't have room to increase rates. And if we don't take care of our, our large, expensive physical assets, uh, you know, we don't necessarily have the ability to reach out and grab more funds uh, to do that. So if we're doing all the right things in the first place, hopefully it minimizes the risk of having those uh, bad, expensive things happen. Uh, and, you know, so I, so I just envision a, a sustainable workplace, you know, the utility has been around over a hundred years and just because we're a municipal, um, utility doesn't mean that the city couldn't say, you know, Hey, well, we like that we've had you, but now hey, X, X, Y, Z, yeah, utility company, uh, wants to buy us and they want to, they want to, you know, give us this much money for the community for utility and you know I, I i would really hate to see that happen so to me making sure we're doing the right stuff in the first place is is very important absolutely and if you can't get behind drinking water for your community and yourself i don't know what else you could get behind right <laughs> so um paul i mean thanks again for coming on uh thanks for making more time on a Friday night. Um, do you have anything that is coming up for you? Are you going to be presenting at any more conferences coming up? Um, I will. There's a Kansas section, American Waterworks uh, coming up later on this. Actually, before that, next Tuesday, I'll be at a um, reliability leadership roadshow in Omaha, Nebraska with the folks from Reliability Web. And then later this month, I've got a uh, presentation on lubrication excellence at the Kansas section of the American Waterworks uh, and uh, Water Environment Federation in Topeka. And I think that's it until December when I'll be back at IMC kind of talking about uh, kind of what I've talked to you about really what I've done so far with trying to, to push asset management and reliability uh, inside my utility and, and do it and, and doing it from a bottom position, you know, instead of a top, you know, instead of the board and general management and all those people saying, Hey, we recognize this and need and pushing it down. I've got, I'm trying to make awareness uh, from the bottom up. And, and I, and I, you know, I have to give a lot of credit really to that, from my division manager uh, because he's, he's recognized that the, the state really wants to see water utilities and wastewater utilities using funds uh, that we get from state revolving loans uh, 
well. And so he's given me a lot of latitude and pushed barriers out of the way so I can do this kind of work. So it's not just me, uh, you know, but with my shoulder against everybody else in front of me, he is helping remove uh, obstacles uh, and make this happen. So it, it, at the end of the day, I, it, I got a lot of this effort on my shoulders uh, and, and I, and I want to see it. I just don't want to see it grow inside the utility. I think it's the right thing to, it's the right thing to do. It's, it's been done other places. It can be done here. Uh, and there's no reason we can't have, uh, you know, a, a very nice asset management policy, uh, in place at the utility that we live by. So anyway, so I'm going to, so I'm going to talk about that at IMC. I've only got 15 minutes. So, uh, I have to think of how I can condense everything down to 15 minutes, but, uh, Hopefully I got plenty of time for that. (laughs) (laughs) A 50 and actually 45 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot in there. And I think uh, the folks that go to IMC already have a pretty good idea what uh, asset management is, Uh, you know, just being in that, being in that, uh, being in that community of practice. Uh, So hopefully, you know, hopefully my actions inspire other people to take action. Uh, say I, I never really do this for self gratification. I just, I want to do a good job at the end of the day. Uh, and, and to me, this is doing a good job. So that's, that's kind of my motivation for it. 